If you have a story you would like to hear featured on this podcast, please go to AsTheRavenDreams.com and click the button to submit your story. Also, if the platform you're listening on has the option to rate this podcast, please consider doing so. And thank you. I have one of those dumb glitches that was really neat for me at the time, but in the grand scheme of things doesn't really mean much to the world, nor should it. It's such a boring and mundane thing that there's a million possible explanations, but none of them really seem to fit or work in this specific case. So, I'm going to say that it was a glitch and move on from there. About a week ago, It was my birthday, but I'm well beyond the age of getting a cake and having people over. The day of, while my wife and I were at the store, I saw these ice cream cones that were filled with fudge and were on a cone that was marked as being made of Kit Kat wafers. I love Kit Kats, so I said, hey, let's just get those instead of a container of ice cream. That way we can enjoy them for a few days. My wife agreed, we grabbed them, and we bought them. After we ate, we both were pretty antsy to get at the cones, which sounds kind of dumb as I type it out. But we opened the box and were sorting through the two flavors. As I was sorting them, I noticed that there was one missing. There were supposed to be eight cones total, four double chocolate, and four vanilla with fudge in them. I dumped them on the counter and counted, and sure enough, there were only seven there. Four chocolate, but only three with the fudge. I know that this isn't a common thing to happen, but it does happen. Sometimes packages get messed up when they ship, so whatever. It is what it is. My wife mentioned that we could always take them back, but at this point, we had opened it and it would look like we were just trying to get a freebie after eating one of the cones. So, I said that it was fine. We'd had our ice cream, enjoyed it, and moved on with life. After a few days, we had each had three apiece, leaving just the one extra. The box was sitting in the freezer, and my wife had grabbed it, making a comment about how there was only one left. It was a chocolate one, no fudge, just basic chocolate. And I didn't much care for that flavor, so I mentioned that she could have it. I will say that, at this point, I did not watch what she did in the kitchen. But I saw her walk into the living room with the ice cream cone in hand. She came in, sat down and was 100% without a doubt eating one of the cones, and it was the last chocolate one. I then made a dumb comment about how, if they hadn't packaged them wrong, I would be enjoying my last cone with her as well. She laughed, made a joke at me being whiny, and that was that. About five minutes or so later, I got up and went into the kitchen to get some ice for a glass of water, And when I opened the freezer, there was the box of the ice cream cones sitting on the bottom shelf. I was a slight bit annoyed, 
thinking that she had just left the empty box in the freezer. So, I grabbed it to make a passive-aggressive statement, and, to my surprise, when I did, it wasn't empty. I opened it and looked inside, and there was a single cone in the box. Even more surprising was that it was the one with the fudge, like it was the one that was missing. I grabbed it and walked toward the living room, and my wife saw the cone and asked where the hell it came from. I asked her if it was in the box when she got hers, and she said no, that she had pulled the box out and tossed it into the recycling bin. I looked back. There was no box in the bin, just the one in my hand. We both kind of stood there for a moment, and after a few seconds, I tossed the box into the bin and went into the living room with my cone, and sat there just kind of staring at it. I don't think either of us knew what exactly to say or think about this, because it really didn't make sense. I mentioned that my birthday was, for sure, three days prior to this, and I had a fudge cone that night. She had chocolate. The next day, we swapped flavors, and that was when I realized I didn't like the chocolate one as much. Then, yesterday, I'd had the last vanilla fudge one, and she had chocolate, leaving just that last chocolate one in the box. We both remembered that there was for sure one missing on the first day that we got it, and that there were seven and not eight in the box. We both remember the same set of events where we had been eating one a day up to this day, which would have ended on that day with the one that she was eating. And yet here we were, staring at the now-replaced fudge cone. I know that getting an extra ice cream cone from the Matrix may sound boring, but it was really weird, because we both remember the exact same thing and the exact same order of events. This cone should not exist, and yet it does. I don't think that we misremembered, because it was exactly four days of us having the cones, so it would math out correctly. I don't think she would have lied about there not being one left, because there'd be nothing to gain with that, really. And... I know for a fact that she didn't go out to get a box of them to replace the missing one, because she would have had to have gotten rid of seven other ones just to pull this off. And, to the best of my knowledge, you can't buy these individually. So, in the end, I had my last fudge cone, and I enjoyed every second of it. Because it was good. I have no idea where it came from, how it got there, or why it was even missing in the first place, but the Matrix gave it back, and I guess that's just the mystery that is our simulation. Hey Raven, I've been meaning to send you these three little glitch stories, so story number one, a little background to start. I don't really like wearing rings. Even after I married my husband, I always took my wedding ring off when I went to sleep, because it's super uncomfortable for me to sleep with rings on my fingers, especially since my hands have a tendency to swell at night. 
at home I have a designated place for my rings when I take them off, but if I stay the night somewhere else, I usually just put them in whatever bag I may bring with me on an overnight stay somewhere. Now, on to the story. My cousin needed someone to watch her young boys for her, because she had to work an overnight shift, and her husband had to get up early for work the next day, which meant that for two or three hours, there would be no one there for the kids. She asked me if I could come over and stay the night so that someone would be there for the boys, who were two and five years old at the time. As godmother to the boys, I of course said yes, even though I too had to work the next day, but not until much later. By the time I got there, the boys were in bed asleep anyways, and it has never been a big deal for me to help out with them if she needed help. My cousin was more like a sister to me anyways, thus the reason I was asked to be the godmother to both her kids. Anyway, on to the glitch. I was wearing both my wedding and engagement rings, and a necklace as well. I took all my jewelry off and placed them in the small pocket in the front part of the backpack that I had brought over with me. I'm sure that you know where this is going. I went to sleep that night. The next morning after my cousin came home from work, I went home and got ready for work. After I bathed and got dressed, I opened the front pocket of my backpack to pull out my jewelry, and you guessed it, they weren't there. At that point, I searched every pocket in the backpack. I even went as far as opening all of the pockets and turning the backpack upside down and shaking it. There was nothing. Not even the sound of rings and a metal pendant clanging against each other. I was baffled. I was sure that I put them in the backpack. I even called my cousin and asked her to keep a lookout for them at her house, just in case, by chance, I may have actually put them on her computer desk or something like that. I was tired after all when I got there, and I went to bed as soon as I arrived. But I knew that I had put them in my backpack, I was sure of it. I don't remember how long it was, but months, maybe even a year later, when my husband needed to borrow my backpack for a road trip that he was taking with the friend. I had used it a bunch of times in between when my jewelry went missing and when my husband needed to borrow it. I started to remove the things from the backpack so that he wasn't carrying around unnecessary items for his trip, and I bet you can't guess what I found. That's right, my necklace and rings in the same little pocket that I had put them in the night that I stayed over at my cousin's house. Now, story number two. When my son was two years old, he loved Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. He liked it so much that my husband and I got him a three-disc DVD set that had 26 episodes of the show on them. One day, I had turned my back for just a moment, and when I turned back around, I had found that my son had opened up the case to the DVDs and had pulled one of them out. I took it from him and looked at it. It was a little scratched up, but otherwise didn't look too bad. It still played just fine in our Xbox, so I never really worried about it. However, when we played them in the DVD player in our van, the one that was scratched up would skip once it reached a certain episode, 
and I would have to change out the disc. It played enough of those episodes on the disc that I didn't see not playing it for those episodes. It really wasn't a big deal. Well, one day my son was watching the disc in the van, and it was on the episode that skipped. At that point, we were almost home, so I just let the disc play instead of worrying about pulling it out and putting in a different one. Only this time the disc didn't skip. It played just fine. After we pulled into the driveway and I put the van into park, I pulled the disc out and looked at it. I was baffled. There were no scratches to be seen. Now, you may be thinking that maybe my husband just cleaned it. Trust me when I say that that was not possible. At that time, my husband rarely, if ever, drove the van, and he could really have cared less about if that DVD worked or not. Also, I had cleaned it several times with no luck of it making a difference. I even used a disc repair kit, and it also did not help. Besides, disc repair kits don't actually work as well as one would think. The disc never looked like new after the disc repair kit, but for whatever reason, it does now. It looks brand new. It's just too crazy. If it isn't a glitch in the Matrix, then I have no clue how it got fixed like new. Now, story number three. This glitch is super recent. It happened over the summer. One weekend day, we were having a lazy day. I was playing my Nintendo Switch Lite and watching the TV in the living room. My husband was taking a nap. My son was playing our regular Nintendo Switch in his bedroom while he watched on his TV. Yes, my seven-year-old has his own TV and is spoiled rotten. To add a bit of background, my son has cerebral palsy. His whole right side is affected by it and playing the Switch with the Joy-Cons attached to the handheld part of the Switch is hard for him. So, we have a few different regular controllers that make it much easier for him to play games on the Switch. Using the Joy-Cons in handheld mode is hard for him to use because the controls are too far apart, and he only has one working hand. With a regular controller, it's a much smaller space, so he is able to better play with one hand. This is important to the story. Anyways, back to the glitch, my son walked into the living room holding a controller that had Pikachu from Pokemon on it. He put it down on the couch and came over to ask me a question. I answered his question, and then he walked away. I noticed that he had left the controller on the couch, but found that it was too late to call after him to let him know that he had left it. I knew that he would come back and get it, as he couldn't play without it. In the meantime, I went back to playing my Switch and watching, or really just listening to the TV. A couple moments later, my son was back asking about the controller. I turned and pointed to the spot on the couch where he had left it, only to find that it wasn't there. No, I didn't touch it. My husband was taking a nap, so he didn't touch it. It just wasn't there anymore. I got up and looked around, looked on the floor picked up a blanket that was on the couch and shook it out, but it was gone. I was baffled. Instead of worrying about it because this stuff happens to me all the time, I just moved on. I got out another controller for my son and handed it to him, 
and told him to use that one. He obliged and was on his way. I went back to what I was doing, playing Animal Crossing on my Switch and watching the TV. About an hour later, I got up to go to the bathroom. My eyes immediately went to a spot on the couch where the Pikachu controller sat. I picked it up and put it away in the box where we keep all the stuff for the Switch. I just shook my head and moved on with life because this isn't out of the ordinary for me, but it still baffles me every time it happens. This happened in probably 2017 or 2018. I remember it vividly, and it was one of the weirdest things to happen to me to this day. I was still living with my parents in their house, which was my grandparents' house before we moved into it in 2012. The house was built in the 60s, and it had a lot of the original finishes, creaky floorboards included. Not a whole lot of renovations were done to the house, so it was still that very choppy layout. A lot of smaller rooms and twists and turns. Many weird, unexplained, spooky things have happened in this house, including finding, suspiciously, human-like bones in our attic, photos falling off the walls, doors opening on their own, crazy, horrible nightmares that happened to us while we were in that house. Really, the list goes on. The one true glitch happened to me midday in the summer. My, now ex, boyfriend had moved in with us when I was in the 12th grade. We were packing up to go on a boat trip. My parents had already left, leaving just my boyfriend and I in the house. The lower story of the house was a mashup of rooms, a back bedroom, washroom, long hallway with a guest bedroom and laundry room off of the hallway. The hallway branched off a dining room, and to one side of the dining room was a kitchen and entryway. The only way to get from the entry to kitchen to the hallway was to go through the dining room. I was coming out of the bathroom, going towards the kitchen. On my way, I was making sure all of the lights in the house were off. I peeked into the laundry room slash guest bedroom, and I saw my boyfriend folding some clothes. I remember saying, Are you almost ready? And he replied, Yep, just making sure I've got an extra sweater. I tell him, Okay, just turn off the light when you're done. And he says, Yep. I continued, turning the light off in the hallway, the dining room, and then going for the kitchen light. My boyfriend was in the entryway waiting for me. There is no way he could have gotten to the entryway around me. I jumped and it made my stomach sink seeing him standing there. I remember asking him how he got there, and he looked at me like I was crazy. He told me that he'd been waiting there for the past five minutes. I'm notorious for being the last one out the door. I explained that I had just saw him in the laundry room, and I told him to stop messing with me. He swears up and down that he does not remember that, and I know that there was no way he could have gotten past me into the entryway without me noticing. It is physically impossible, 
I didn't stop or turn my back to the path to the entryway. I remember being scared. I got him to come back to the laundry room with me, and we checked the whole house to see if someone was in the house. No one was there. He promised me that he didn't remember it happening. It just doesn't make sense. We were never able to figure it out. I vividly remember looking at him and having the conversation. I remember the way my stomach dropped when I saw him in the entryway. I didn't drink at the time. I didn't partake in drugs or anything of that sort. And it still gives me a weird feeling when I think about it. I have a weird and kind of creepy glitch story that may be a case of quantum immortality. I'm really not sure. I can't say that I know a whole lot about simulation theory or glitches, and I know even less about what quantum immortality really entails, but I think that this falls into that category. In order to fully make sense of it all, I guess I need to explain what happened. This is not a situation that happened to me personally, it actually happened to my brother, and I'm a bit of a side victim to the situation. This is going to be a bit weird in structure, and I'm sorry for that, but I'm not really sure how to explain it all in a proper timeline, because the situation that caused it all happened about five years ago, and then I learned that the thing happened this past month and now I'm questioning everything from that moment forward. So, on that, five years ago there was a major incident in our family home. I was 16 at the time, and my brother was about to turn 18. It was the middle of winter, and it was getting pretty cold here in the Midwest. We had the heat on in the house, but my brother's room was in a separate room off to the side of the basement. The room was once a laundry room, but my dad had changed all of the hookups, so he had taken that room as his. Unfortunately, the basement did have issues with heat, so my brother had bought a small room heater to set up down there to keep it all as warm as the rest of the house. On the night that this happened, my brother had left his space heater on, and I don't really know if it was a short in the plug or the heater itself, but it ended up catching on fire. Now, I want to mention that I do not remember much about this night, beyond the house catching, me getting out, and the insanity and chaos that took place as the fire department put out the fire. I will say that while I don't remember much... There is one very specific detail that I don't recall anything about, and that is my brother. I don't remember him exiting the house, and I don't recall him ever being pulled out of the fire by anyone else. For some reason, his whereabouts after the fire started, for me, are completely unknown. I will say that I do remember him being home that evening, because he was there for dinner. We'd had pizza, and he asked Dad to get wings for him, which he did. I don't know why I recall that specifically, but I do. 
but for some reason, I have zero knowledge, memory, or idea where he was after the fire started. On the other end of this is my brother and what he remembers. He says that he remembers being home that night, and surprisingly, he said that he remembers the fire. He said that he was in bed and he remembers a weird popping sound that actually made him jump out of bed. Then, he recalls the room getting really hot and smoky. He said that he tried to get out of the laundry room but couldn't because the fire was blocking him in. With how that laundry room was built, there were no windows or exits outside of the main door, and there was a decent amount of basement that existed between the laundry room and the stairs. Thinking about it, the old laundry room really should not have been used as a bedroom, but hindsight is twenty-twenty. The whole thing that he told me sounds... horrible. He mentioned that he remembered starting to lose consciousness because of the smoke and heat, and that he tried as hard as he possibly could to get through the fire, but he remembers being horribly burned. And he has a very detailed memory of not making it to the stairs before collapsing. Now, obviously, that's not what happened, but he remembers it very thoroughly. He says that after he collapsed on the ground in the basement, in his mind, he kept hearing his own voice telling him that he was not going to die there, that he was going to make it. He said that it was like he was telling himself that he was going to be okay, that he was going to make it, and that he was going to get up, but it wasn't him. I know that sounds confusing, but it was like a third-party version of himself was yelling at him to wake up and get out. Then, he says that he jumped awake, but that's where things get really strange. He says that when he woke up, it was morning, and he was at his friend Derek's house. He says that he asked Derek how he got there, and Derek told him all about how he'd stayed over that night, how they'd been playing Call of Duty all night, and how they had pizza. He looked outside, and sure enough, his car was sitting in Derek's driveway. According to Derek, Derek's parents, and even my parents, he had been there all night. He wasn't home whenever the fire broke out, a fact that everyone was beyond grateful for. However, he completely and totally remembers being in the fire. And I remember some of what he actually said, that he was home when we had dinner, and I don't ever remember him leaving. He says that he was home. Everyone else says that he was out. And for me, there's just a huge blank in my memory for where he was or what happened to him. It's a crazy event that I cannot explain. But my brother sincerely believes that he died in that fire. He remembers the pain, the heat, but... He was, by all official and known accounts, not home that night. Like I mentioned, I'm not sure if this is a glitch, but based on his recollection of the fire, and the fact that I can't remember where he was, it all seems like something went wrong here. Something about all of this really confuses me, and it makes me think how broken our simulation may actually be. 
earlier this morning, I was trucking my way down to San Diego when something strange occurred. I was pulling a 53-foot trailer and moderately heavy, so I was cruising pretty slowly in the slow lane doing about 55 miles per hour. In my side mirror, I see a semi-truck approaching from behind in the lane next to me, going faster than I was. He passed me, and as he passed, I noticed his windows were all blurry, foggy, dirty, maybe, to where you couldn't really see inside his truck or see who was driving. Anyways, he passes me, and he's bobtailing, which is when it's just the truck without a trailer, so he's considerably lighter and faster. Whatever. He gets far enough out of view, and I'm just driving along. About two or three minutes later, I look in my mirror again, and here comes the same truck. Keep in mind, at this part of the freeway where this occurred, there are no exits. He comes up next to me and passes me again. I'm thinking, what the hell? I've been going slow this whole time. I haven't passed anyone, nothing like that. Same dirty old truck, same foggy windows... It had a distinctive look. Well, this doesn't make any sense. I start thinking, he's going too fast, so I can't even catch him, even if I had wanted to. I think about it for a few minutes, and eventually forget about it. Maybe ten minutes later, I didn't even notice him in my mirror this time. But he passes me again, for the third time. And once again, I haven't passed anyone. He's always going much faster than me when he passes, and I can never see inside the truck because the windows are just too dirty or foggy. This was the last time that I saw the truck, and yes, it was the same truck. I've been doing this trucking stuff for a while, so I know the differences in trucks, and I notice the small details. But how the hell did I get passed by the same truck three different times. I was debating whether or not to post this, but I was sitting having a conversation with my boyfriend, both of us having a cigarette in the bedroom. I stopped smoking like a month ago for anyone who's going to tell me it's a bad habit. We liked to use those cup-like car ashtrays that have a screw-on lid for convenience and cleanliness purposes. My ashtray was on the bedside table. I was sitting facing forward with the bedside table and bright blue ashtray clear in my peripheral vision, maybe 65-ish degrees relative to my position. I lost focus on it for a moment, as I looked down at the cigarettes to assess the ash buildup and see if I needed to ash it. I did. This was probably a fraction of a second. Just a quick glance. I turned to the ashtray and expected it to be there, and it was gone. The bedside table was hard wood, and there was nowhere for it to roll because of the other items on the table. I did look anyway, because... What is someone even supposed to think? What else is there to do? It was absolutely gone. It wasn't on the floor, couldn't possibly fit in the narrow gap between the bed and the floor, 
I didn't really have time to think further on it as the cigarette was still burning. I got up and used my boyfriend's ashtray. He was a few steps away, almost directly opposite me, facing my direction in his PC chair. I put out the cigarette and go to sit back down on the bed. The boyfriend swivels in his chair to check something on the PC, and then I see the ashtray fall from somewhere above my field of vision and smack loudly into the bedside table, rocking slightly from the impact. There were no shelves near me. We had no pets. The cupboards next to me were built into the wall. Unless I somehow momentarily lost complete sanity and placed the ashtray on the blade of the ceiling fan without my boyfriend seeing, I don't understand how this is possible. Does anyone have any theories? This happened at my mom's house somewhere in mid-2020. It was around maybe 10pm at night. I start hearing the ringtone of my cell phone and said who would be calling me, and noted that I usually leave it off. The ringing, however, continued, and it must have rang around 50 to 100 times. I'm in a room with an old desk with clothes piled on it, and the ringing to what my cell phone sounds like kept ringing as if it was somewhere in the pile of clothes. I start searching through these clothes to see if my cell phone may be in there, but found nothing. There was even my older brother's laptop nearby, and I opened it up and listened to it, but nothing. I even asked my brother the next day if his computer had a ringtone, and he said no. The ringing sound stayed over by the pile of clothes. Also, nobody in my mom's house had the same ringtone as me, despite it being a common ringtone. As the cell phone kept ringing, I said, cell phones usually go to voicemail after ringing five or six times. However, this ringtone rang 50 to 100 times. As the ringtone kept ringing, I asked myself if I was dreaming or going crazy. I was certainly awake and sober, and then finally the ringtone stopped. I go into the living room like 30 feet away, and my phone was sitting on the TV tray, turned off. I turn it back on to see if someone had tried to call me or left a voicemail, but there was nothing. I'm in my 40s and have been skeptical over the years, but I can't explain the cell phone ring when there was no cell phone to begin with. Is this supernatural, a glitch in the Matrix, or something that can be rationalized? Please, feel free to share your answers. I lived in Oklahoma after attending college for quite some time. I started going on cruises while I was in my early 20s, as an inexpensive vacation, and would routinely, twice a year, drive from Tulsa to Houston for these vacations. Now, being young, male, and living in Oklahoma where adult video stores don't exist, I knew every store in Texas along Highway 75 and Interstate 45 along the entire route. 
about 10 years ago, I learned about the Mandela effect or glitches in the Matrix, and something I read online said that it was easier to notice changes at the fringe of your life. In other words, changes that don't really affect you are seen easier. One adult store at exit 225 for most of my life was on the northwest side of the freeway street crossing. There was nothing else on that part of the interstate for several miles, and, as stated, I was a young male. Around five to six years ago, I noticed the store was no longer on the northwest corner. It was now on the southwest corner. Now, a store moving is not uncommon, but in its place were three houses that looked as if they were built in the late 70s or early 80s. The store could have never have been in that location based on the age of the houses. Unlike other stories I've heard, I wasn't freaked out or unnerved. I'd been watching for just such a change. This change piqued my interest, and I have watched that corner every time I go through the area. The next change occurred when it was time for me to move from Tulsa to Houston four years ago. The store moved again. The new location was on the southeast corner, and no building was on the southwest corner. It did not look as if any building had actually ever been there. To all the listeners... I suggest watching the fringe of your life. When big things happen, sometimes the small stuff just changes. Tonight, I had my first real glitch experience, and I just don't know how to deal with it. My partner's son came over for dinner, and when he left, we walked him out to his car. I could see a car that I've never seen before sitting there and immediately said, Where's your other car? They both asked, What car? And I replied, The black one. You know the Dodge Ram? Sitting there was a Nissan Patrol. It looks nothing like the car that I have seen parked outside every time he visits. My partner and his son both said, No, this is the car he's had for a year, that he had to wait months for. I knew that he had to wait months for the car. We talked about it a lot, and when he finally got it, we were all really happy for him. But it's not the same car. I enjoy listening to the glitch stories, and I've empathized with the confusion people felt when everyone around them looks at them like they are mad to the point where they say just drop it because they don't want to look like an idiot. That's exactly what I did. I just dropped it. But the physical reaction of suddenly being in that situation took me by surprise. I felt a sudden wave of nausea, and I really had to hold it together. To be confronted by something you know is not right, but... To have everyone tell you that what you know is true is not true was intense. I'm not a car person, so I could explain it away if it was a similar-looking black car, but it wasn't even the same color, and I know that he had a car that was not common here. I'm in Australia. A Dodge Ram is unique. A Nissan Patrol 
isn't. I immediately rang my daughter, who is the only person in my family that would listen and not think that I had lost my marbles and told her what happened. I'm glad I could do that because I knew no one else would take me seriously. I'm very shaken by this experience, and I'm not really sure what to do now. If I have switched realities, how many other things have changed? It's scary. I'm not sure if this is a glitch in the Matrix per se, but it's definitely uncanny. Some backstory. I used to live in another state for a few years before moving back to my home state. In this other state, I started my first job at a grocery store. I was a typical innocent good girl who loved her job, and could cake on the cheese for the customers and actually look like a normal, happy human being. And this got me a good reputation with our regulars, and I would often help the elderly with heavy groceries into their car. Around this time, the weather was turning, and it was becoming bone-chillingly cold with vicious winds. One of my regulars saw that I didn't have a heavy coat, let alone gloves, and she surprised me with a gift one day. I opened up the little bag and she kindly gifted me a pair of unique, knitted green gloves. They were long, and had been specially knit to have a left and right hand. I was touched. I thanked her genuinely and wore the gloves every winter for as long as I was in the state. When I moved back to my home state, at some point, I lost that pair of gloves. I don't know how and I don't know where, but it was early 2012. Fast forward to 2017, and I'm just getting to know a coworker on a more non-work level, and we decided to hang out at her house for the first time. I'm just getting to know her and all, and we had some deep conversations. Somehow, the subject of gloves comes up. I told her that I needed some, actually, as I had lost my pair a while back, and she goes to her closets to grab a shoebox on the top shelf. She says she actually has a whole box of gloves that she's found over the years, and I can gladly take a pair. She's digging through the box, sets out a few pairs, and of the whole box full, she says, How about these? And she has the same pair of gloves that I once had. My jaw drops. She sees my face, and I'm like, No way. She looks confused as I do, and I tell her, You're not going to believe this, but those are actually my gloves that I lost a few years ago. And she says, Are you sure? And I told her my story of how a customer had gifted them to me, and she just says, Whoa, I just got a chill. Synchronicity. We had a very deep friendship for years after that. She was very spiritual and taught me a few things, and made a huge impact on my life. But, unfortunately, she met a toxic guy and she just let him control her life and she became unrecognizable. Now that I type this... The last gift she ever gave me was a pair of new gloves, and with foxes on them, before we stopped talking to each other over that psychopathic guy. But I just thought it was pretty crazy that she, of all people, 
had my pair, and instinctively gravitated towards that pair to give to me. This all happened in one evening in 2019. Not so much glitches, but profound coincidences. This is a long one, so please try to stay awake. 1. I played at an open mic and was invited to record one of my songs by a musician that we will call JD. I was very happy with the recording, and I wanted him to look into other musical issues. I purchased a portable digital recording studio years ago that I could never get working, and JD, being an excellent engineer and technician, was given the task. He was able to get it working, and we were able to hear what was recorded by the previous owner. The first track was a solo rap vocal track, and all you could hear him saying is, Red Rum, Red Rum, MFing Red Rum, Red Rum. We kind of laughed at it for a moment, until we looked up at a poster that he had above his studio. It showed a caricature drawing of the actors in The Shining, and in balloon lettering was the word, Red Rum. 2. Later that evening, I remembered that I brought JD a guitar pedal of which I had no use. It was great for shredding guitar leads, which he excels at, and I do not. As I handed him the unit, he says to hold on a minute, and he comes back with the box meant for the exact make and model pedal. He had sold his years before, but for some strange reason had held on to the box. Then, number three. After that episode, we were discussing speakers and how I wanted to upgrade my PA system. I mentioned that I had an older system with custom brand speakers. Again, he left, and then returned with feedback screen inserts that were meant for my exact size speakers. He said that he meant to put them into the exact pair that he owned years prior, but sold them before he could install them. As an addendum, the people that he sold the pedal and the speakers to are now deceased. It makes me wonder if that rapper had a successful career, or succumbed to having the same fate. This could be chalked up to me being in a state of shock, or it could be considered a glitch. I'll let you decide. For a little context, I'm a 44-year-old woman and I'm in a wheelchair. I've lived on my own, independently, since I was 19. In my 20s, I was a night owl, staying up all night and sleeping all day. One night in April of 2004, I made hamburger stew in my crockpot. After I ate, I put the leftover stew in a plastic container to put in the icebox. While doing so, the crockpot tipped over, spilling boiling hot stew all over my lap. As soon as it hit my legs, I had so many thoughts run through my head. First, I thought, okay, I'll go knock on a neighbor's door and ask for help. But it was four in the morning, so that was a no-go. I was at a loss of what to do. Finally, I grabbed my cordless phone, went to my bedroom, 
and took my pants off and then called everyone that I could think of. Nobody answered their phones, so I popped a couple of over-the-counter painkillers and tried passing out, which didn't really work. So I just laid there trying to relax for the next four hours. Around eight or nine, I tried my mom again, and this time she answered. I told her that I burned myself and that I needed her to come to get me to take me to the hospital. She then tells me that she would be there in a couple hours after she got some sleep. I wasn't in the mood to argue with her at that point, so I just said okay and hung up the phone. I finally ended up passing out out of sheer exhaustion. I still didn't sleep very well because I was in so much pain. When my mother finally did show up and saw the severity of the burn, she apologized to me for not getting there sooner. She then scolded me for not calling 911. Honestly, I didn't even think to call 911. The weird thing? When I told her who all I tried calling, we called everyone that I told her I had called, and nobody had any record of me trying to call them. I'd called my mom, my dad, all my siblings, my grandpa, and my mom's friend, and not one person, including my mom, had any record of me trying to call them until 8 or 9 that morning, when I called my mom back. I remember so vividly calling all of those people. I still don't and will probably never understand how nobody had any record of me calling. Like I said, it could be a glitch, or I guess it could be shock, I don't know. It's still baffling regardless of whatever it is. And thank you for reading. I have experienced other glitches, but nothing of this magnitude or so readily obvious to my perception. This glitch was a couple of months ago, and I'm still thinking about it, but I've just chalked it up to weird stuff happening, and things like glitches are bound to happen if you are paying attention. I was waiting in a hotel room for a ride. My room was on the ground floor with a view out the peephole into the parking lot. There were maybe three cars in the lot, so I was peeking out to see when my ride arrived. The initial event? I looked out the peephole and saw a red car pull up, not my ride, and saw a girl getting out. She was talking on the phone far enough away that I could hear her voice, but not what she was saying. She had on a yellow skirt and sunglasses... And yes, I creepily watched her for a few seconds because I'm a guy and she looked good. Which is why I only remember the skirt. Anyways, she walked towards the building and I could clearly hear her say, I love you, as a goodbye as she left my field of view. I didn't think anything of it and wandered back into my room for 30 to 90 seconds. It's hard to say exactly, but it wasn't that long. At which point, my ride texted me saying they were pulling in. Back to the door. I went back to the door and looked through the peephole. I'm not sure why. And I watched the exact same scene replay. Girl in yellow skirt and sunglasses getting out of the same red car in the same spot on the phone. I watched her walk towards the building on the phone and say the same very clear, I love you, closing statement. 
I cannot explain this. My first thought was logically someone could go back to their car if they forgot something or whatever. This was exactly the same action and conversation. I remember doing the cartoon triple take and my mind being super incredulous at watching this repeat. I'm not sure what the hell happened, and I'm just going with weird stuff happens. It makes me think of Deja Vu in The Matrix for sure though, and I can't help but think, what did they change? Some stories on this sub remind me of a specific instance with what I usually, endearingly, refer to as voids, where things seem to travel in inexplicable ways. My most prominent experience was sitting in a cold bedroom on top of the bed, with some paper and one of those cheap ballpoint pens with the removable caps. I was idly playing with it while staring at the paper, and I honestly can't remember what, if anything, I was even putting to it. I became amused with placing the cap on the butt end of the pen and flicking it off, but with practiced force so that it wouldn't leave the bed. The floor was all concrete, and I really didn't want to get up. I challenged myself and placed the cap on tighter, and this time the cap hit the ceiling, then the wall, and then clattered onto the floor. Retrieving it, it wasn't long before I put the cap on too tight and shot it off to the ceiling again, but it never came back down. I heard the sound of it hitting the ceiling, but nothing else. This room literally had nothing soft in it save the bed, and I saw the cap go well away from the bed. I searched the bed anyways, the floor, the dresser, but nothing. I gave up looking for it. I had entirely forgotten the cap until I happened to be sitting on the bed again, holding the pen, when I heard an unbelievable sound of clattering plastic. I look over, and clearly on the floor where I would have previously expected it, was the pen cap. There had been maybe about a week or two difference in those moments, it's the sort of story that is so benign and out of place that I don't really bring it up, but I think that it fits here. I moved away to New Zealand from the UK about seven years ago. My brother and I are huge Tolkien fans, and really enjoy The Hobbits and The Lord of the Rings books and movies. So, obviously, moving to the country where they made the films was a huge deal for me. My brother didn't move here with me and remains in the UK. I live in the capital, so I have a lot of access to movie locations and WIDA workshops. So I bought my brother some really cool souvenirs from WIDA that are all Lord of the Rings slash The Hobbit related. One of these things was the stone Feely has from the Hobbit movie, with the runes carved into it. I only bought him one, and it came in a small blue pull-string pouch. I also bought him a fridge magnet, with the white tree of Gondor on it. I sent him these gifts in the post from New Zealand to the UK. 
It's been about six years since I sent him these gifts, and today he told me that he now has two of the runestones. I sent him one. They're in the same blue pouch. Only one pouch, but two stones. We were thinking about this and how we could have accumulated two stones, and then he tells me he also has two magnets. I'm so confused how he got two of each of the gifts that I bought him. I didn't buy them online. I picked them out at the Weeda gift shop and personally sent them myself, so it wasn't a shipping error. I'm the only person he knows in New Zealand, since my whole family are English, and they live over there. I only sent him one other gift since, and it was a book. The Songs and Stories of Tom Bombadil. But he only has one of those. It's so weird, and I'm still confused. I'm not sure how to classify this story... It could be a glitch, or dimensional travel, I'm still not sure. It was in January of 2005, in Florida, that I found myself driving home from work in my minivan. If you're familiar with Florida roads around Cape Coral, then you will understand that there's not much to block your view from the roads. Visibility was about 10 miles on a clear and sunny evening. I could see that I was coming up to an intersection, doing about 45 miles per hour, and taking my foot off the gas to coast to the intersection, about a quarter of a mile ahead. That's when I noticed a black unmarked helicopter traveling south to north. It turned towards me, facing west, and I noticed a red light began flashing on the nose of the helicopter. The next thing I knew... I was headed on a crash course into the back end of a car about 50 feet ahead. I hit at almost full speed, as I only had a second to hit the brakes. Traveling a quarter of a mile in two seconds seems impossible, but it happened, and I remember getting a citation for it. It also seemed darker, or dusk, when before it was sunny. Having read similar stories that happened in 2005... It made me think that I, or everyone in this universe, had been transported into a parallel universe. Things just don't feel right, but I can't put into words just how it's different. I have two separate occasions to talk about. The first, I'm still brushing off, but the second is where I'm confused. To set it up, I live in a fairly rural area, about an hour from major cities. The main highways are more so single lanes and wind through hills and tree lines. A few weeks back, I was driving home at night from in town in a line of cars. There were a few ahead of me and only one behind me. We were all at the point in between residential areas, without any roads or driveways that came off the highway. As I said, this was nighttime, so we all had our lights on. After taking a bend, 
the car and its lights never came around the bend after me. There was no sound as if they crashed, and there was no place to pull off. I was alone in my car, so I just chalked it up to being tired or it being late. However, today as I was driving home in the daytime, something similar happened again. This time I had my father in the car and we were turning off the main road onto our street right after a white Prius. Close enough to see the color, make, and that it was not a new Prius. As we turned around the bend onto our street, the car was gone. I was going to ignore it until my dad verbally asked me if I had seen the car or where it went. After the bend in the road, it's a very long straightaway, and we would have seen it in a driveway or further down the road. Anyways, just super weird and I'm scratching my head over it. This happened in Ontario, Canada, during the winter of 2012. I was walking home from work at around 3am, and the temperature was well below zero, and the walk was long. There was a large parking lot, without a single car in it, and it was covered entirely with freshly fallen snow. Not drifts, a fresh, even light snowfall of a few centimeters tops. Now, I get to the glitch in the Matrix part that I will never be able to explain. In the middle of this snowy parking lot was footprints. One set, like the invisible man was standing there or like someone flew away, I don't know. I need to make this more clear. The entirety of the parking lot was undisturbed. No footprints leading to the single set of footprints in the middle and no footprints were leading away from them. There was nobody standing in the middle of the parking lot, and furthermore, there were no tire tracks in the snow. It was a completely fresh and undisturbed, evenly distributed, snowy parking lot, other than the impossible footprints in the middle. The world record long jump would not make that distance if jumping comes to mind as an explanation. And there were no snowdrifts to have covered the trail of footprints. The footprints were like running shoes, and they looked as though they had just been made as the snow had not had the chance to fall where they were. There was no way that I know of that anyone could have made the footprints without walking to or away from their location, which boggles my mind. Regretfully, I did not approach the footprints and was sure to keep my trail at a distance from them to preserve the integrity of this scene. In hindsight, I should have approached or yelled at the footprints or done anything to explain them other than observe. It's not a big deal, but I will wonder for the rest of my life about it, nonetheless. If I was not clear on anything, or you have further questions, please do ask, but most importantly... Please try and explain this. So that was this week's collection of Glitch in the Matrix stories on the As the Raven Dreams podcast. I hope you enjoyed this collection of glitchy goodness. 
If you did and would like to listen to more of this, you can always check out the other episodes of the podcast or support the channel further by actually going to my YouTube channel and checking out my videos. Just go to YouTube and search As The Raven Dreams. You can also go to AsTheRavenDreams.com for lots of other good stuff. Ways to get early access, read stories that I've written, submit your own story, and things like that. All that said, friends, thank you very much for listening. I do hope to see you in two weeks on the next Glitch in the Matrix episode. But until then, sleep well.